Praise God. Welcome to Genesis One Christian Ministries. Uh, Brother Brandon here. We're so delighted to have you with us as we partake of God's word today. Before we get into scripture, let's pray. Dear Lord God, Jehovah, most awesome, wonderful Lord God, I just praise your most magnificent name, Lord. And I just want to say thank you for this opportunity for us to be able to gather together to partake in your word today, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that as these words come forward, that they would get sunken deep within our spirits, Lord God, and that they would be able to get so deep that they would just come bubbling up anytime that we need them, Lord God. Lord God, Lord God, I pray for everyone that's listening, that you would prepare their hearts and their minds and their spirits to receive your words today, Lord God, and that these words that come forth will be your words to be used for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Well, praise God, and once again, welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries, and as I always say, you know, if you don't have your Bible with you, why don't you go ahead and pause this message and grab your Bible and maybe something to write with or, or a highlighter to take some, some highlights of some scripture today. Uh, and then come back and resume the message. And that way you can see that everything that we talk about is based off of what the word of God says. So once you do that, go ahead and join us, uh, rejoin this message, and uh, let's dive right in. We're going to start today by going to the book of Matthew, and we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse number 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine so uh, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The operative scripture there is is, is really going to be in verse number thirteen about being the salt of the earth, and that's what I want to talk about today is being the salt of the earth. And we as Christians, we should be the salt of the earth. Salt has many purposes. Salt can be used for, as, as seasoning. It can be used as, as, uh, as, as something to preserve. Uh, it can be used on sidewalks to, to, to help gain traction when, when it's slippery outside. And, and, and as Christians, we need to be thinking about how we are uh, seasoning the lives of those that are around us. Uh, in fact, back in, in the book of Leviticus there, uh, God even made it a requirement that any offering that was given needed to have salt along with it. And that was a, a um, that was a symbolic gesture of the, the, the covenant that God made between uh, with, with Israel. And that salt there was was really symbolic of preserving that covenant. And so we, as the salt of the earth, we are preserving the, this relationship that we have with God and, and we are preserving everything that he, he, he promised that he would do for us if we were obedient, if we were obedient to him. Okay. Salt enhances flavor and can improve taste of the food. So adding it to offerings was a, was allowed, made the offering brought it to a level that God deemed it acceptable. Now, if you have too little salt, or no salt at all sometimes on food. Food can be very bland if, if you don't have it, unless you've got some other seasonings on there. And if you put too much salt on the food, you're, you're, you're going to have something that's not going to taste very well either. And so as Christians, we have to recognize that too little of us or too much of us can be a bad thing for those that are around us. If we are not living the life that God expects us to live as Christians and we're not letting our light shine so that, that God can be glorified, 
then that too little of us or that too little bit of assault is not going to uh, um, bring people closer to God. They're not going to want to, 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 to partake in, in God's word. They're not going to want to go to church. They're not going to want to pray. They're not going to want to, to, to read the word of God. And if we go do too much, too much of us, the same way too much salt can be hazardous, hazardous to your body, too much of us, if you will, in the lives of people can actually push people away. We have a, we have good intentions as Christians. We want to share God's word with with others, but we have to do it in a way that Holy Spirit wants us to do it, because we can't go out there and thump everybody over the head with the Bible and start beating everybody over the brow because they're they're doing something that, that we know is, is outside the, the uh, out out of line with the word of God. Right. And if we're doing that, then that's going to end up pushing people away. And if we're not doing enough of it, it's not going to bring people closer, closer to him. So we're going to talk today about being the salt of the earth. And, and what do we do as children of God to be the salt on the earth? One thing for sure that we shouldn't be doing is right there in verse. Uh, we, we see this in verse number 15. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So as part of being the salt of the earth, we need to make sure that we're not trying to hide who we are as Christians. That we aren't hiding who we are as children of God, that we don't hide what our 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 beliefs are. That if somebody asks us, well, do you believe in abortion? Do you believe in homosexual marriage? Do you believe in this? Do you believe in that? That we are taking a firm stance based off of what the word of God says, not giving somebody a response that's going to make them happy. All right. What else should we be doing as the salt of the uh, as the salt of the earth? Well, we can find something else in Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16 Verse number 14. Later, he appeared talking about Jesus. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So what happened was this is after Jesus rose from the dead and he made his his appearances uh, to several different people. And, and as people were talking about the fact that they saw Jesus, these disciples here, these 11, they didn't believe what those people were saying. They didn't believe the fact that Jesus was actually risen and that they uh, and that they had seen him. So now he's rebuking them because they didn't believe that. Verse number 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Underline that. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So as the salt of the earth, we should be sharing the word of God with everyone. We should be preaching the word of God to everyone. And you don't have to be a formal preacher or a pastor or a bishop or any formal title in a church structure in order to preach the word of God, in order to share the word of God with others. But we should be doing that to people. And there's different ways that you can do that. You don't always have to pull up a scripture and say, well, the word of God here in Luke 1, 5 says, blah, 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 blah. You don't always have to do that. It could simply be how you instruct somebody or how you guide someone to deal with an individual that's given them a hard time. 
It could be how you deal with somebody that's giving you a hard time. But if you noticed here, when he's talking about preaching to, to the gospel to every creature, notice that Jesus did not say convert every creature to be a follower of Christ. In other words, what he told his disciples to do was go out and make disciples of everyone that you interact with. Go make disciples of the actual nations themselves. A disciple is simply a student. That's all it is. You and I, as Christians, we should be disciples because we should be students of the word of God. We should be studying. The word of God says study to show thyself approved. So in order to know the deeper things of God and to know the deeper mysteries and, and, and how he does things, we should be in the word of God and we should be studying it. So we then are disciples. We should be encouraging others as well to read the word of God and to study it. This is why if you've listened to these messages before, or even if this is your first time listening to this message or, or, or watching the video of this message, this is why you will hear me say and you will hear our pastor say, pause the message so you can grab your Bible. So you can see what for yourself was actually happening in the word of God. We should always be prepared to preach to someone as God's spirit directs us to do so. And this is easier now than, than, than ever, right? With, with text messaging and social media and email. I mean, it, it is not hard at all to be able to share the word of God with others. It's not hard at all to encourage uh, others to, 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 to read the word of God or, or be able to, to, to go to church and, and, and to pray for others. All right. I've got good friends of mine and, 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 and people that I care about that will, will, will ask for prayer just by text messaging. They'll shoot a, a, a text message out to a group of us and say, hey, can you pray for me about this? Or could you pray for a family member about this? Or I have a friend that's struggling with this. Would you mind praying for them? And this is what's going on. That is so easy. To, that's so easy to do. And we can also then respond back and say, hey, here's some scripture that you can share with the individual as well. Right. Here's what we're praying for. Right. So, so it's so easy these days to be able to, if you will, try to make disciples uh, of the nations and encourage people to, to, to read the word of God. Verse 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible here. In the Amplified, it says, he who has believed in me, in me being Jesus, and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. But he who does not, who has not believed will be condemned. All right. So what this is saying here is, is that for us, especially as Christians, this is a bit of a bit of a warning to us. OK, those who don't believe will be condemned. So what we have to remember at times is that we our lifestyle, the things that we say, the things that we do, how we interact with people, the places that we go, the people we interact with, our lifestyle may very well be the only Bible, if you will, that non-believers actually ever pick up, because if they look at us. And they see something different about us. They should want to then find out a little bit more. Like, how come you're so joyful when, 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 when the world seems to just be in all sorts of turmoil? How can you have so much peace on the job when, when, when the boss just said, we're, we're going through some major budget cuts and we're going to be have to we're going to have to lay some people off? How is it that you can be so calm going to the supermarket knowing that grocery prices are sky high or gas prices are sky high and you're, you're not worried about driving anywhere? How could you be like that? And that gives us the opportunity then to share with them about what we know, how we have that peace that passes all understanding. 
okay? But our lifestyles may be the only Bible that somebody may ever may, may ever read. We might be somebody's only uh, opportunity, if you will, to hear about Jesus Christ. So we shouldn't be shunning people and pushing them away. We should be encouraging people to learn about God. We should be, be, be sharing the word of God with others. We should be sharing our experience with God with others. A lot of people know who God is, but they don't know God. They don't have that experience with him. But we as children of God, we have experience with, experiences with him all the time. What are we doing with those experiences? How are we sharing those things with others so that they can get the opportunity to be saved? You might be the one that actually introduces a non-believer to Jesus Christ. And if you keep that in the back of your mind, it'll, it'll change the way you interact with people. Right now, you don't have to, you shouldn't be going out there unless Holy Spirit directs you to, you know, going around and, 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 and trying to find somebody that seems to be unsaved and say, let me tell you about Jesus and let me tell you about the word of God and all of this stuff. You have to use some Holy Spirit revelation. All right. You have to let Holy Spirit guide you. But when he guides you and he tells you to say something, you got to say it. You got to say it. Don't worry about what the response is going to be. You have to say it because Holy Spirit knows whether or not they're ready to receive it in that moment. Or whether or not something that you say to them in that moment, while they may not receive it there, they'll remember it later on in their life and it can make a change. And Holy Spirit also knows whether or not you should even say something to that individual at all. OK, we got to use Holy Spirit guidance and revelation. Now, understanding that we may be the, the only opportunity a person has to hear about Jesus Christ, we cannot take that to mean that we can convert anyone. We cannot convert anyone to be a Christian. We cannot convert anyone or, or, or force anyone to be a follower of Christ. We can't. And Jesus did not put that burden on us. That is an individual choice. God himself does not go in and force somebody to change. And, 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 and I understand people, uh, and, and I've heard a lot of believers say this. They say, yeah, you know, you, Jesus changed my heart. Holy Spirit changed my heart. And, and really what they're saying is that, when they had that relationship and they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they made the choice to change who they were. And the spirit of God that was in, him, in them when they, when, they, when they became saved longed after the things of the spirit. And I won't get into what scripture talks about how, you know, the, the, if you mind the things of the world, then you're going to be like the world. But the spirit of God that's in you minds the things of the spirit. Right. I won't, won't get into all that, but you can see that in, in, in scripture. But when somebody accepts Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit doesn't override their free will and all of a sudden change what their desires are. That person understands who Jesus is. That person understands what Jesus had done for their life. That person is so grateful and so loving towards Jesus because of that, that they make the decision to change. They want to change. And too many times I, I, I've heard Christians say, well, you know, I'll change or even non-Christians say, well, I'll change, but I need God to, to, to wake me up. Like they're waiting for God to grab them by the scruff of their neck or grab them by their collar and shake them up to make them change. And they don't realize that that's not how it works. You have to want to change. You have to understand the ultimate price that Jesus paid and what that means for your salvation, what that means for where you spend eternity. And then once you understand that and understand what he went through and he didn't have to, there's nothing that we did to deserve that. But once a person understands that, then they have a choice to make a change. Then they have a choice to make a change. 
But there's nothing you or I can do to force somebody to change. God is not going to override our our free will and force somebody to change because he wants us to follow him because we love him. So we have to remember that we cannot convert anyone, nor should we ever try to convert anyone. Okay. Now, as Christians, we also, as the salt of the earth, recognize that we have the ability to cast out demons and speak in tongues. Okay? We have that ability. And many times uh, 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 people want to shy away from, from, from talking about demons or even talking about the devil because they're like, oh, no, no, that, that, that's, that's too much. Like, that's too deep. That, that's, that, that's something I don't understand. Well, Jesus talked about demons. Jesus cast out demons. Matter of fact, Jesus told a couple of his disciples not to rejoice at the fact that you cast out demons, but rejoice in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But as the salt of the earth, we should be casting out demons. Everything, not everything, things that go wrong in your life could very well be because there's forces of darkness that are around you and they're trying to get you unfocused uh, or get your focus off of God. Okay. And, and, And people are driven either by themselves. They're either driven by God or they're driven by some demon or, or even possibly the devil himself, the devil himself. That's just the way it is. And if you don't want to accept that, unfortunately, then the devil got, has you right where he wants you. Because if he can get you to believe that he doesn't exist, or if he can get you to believe that his demons aren't wreaking havoc in the, in the, in the world, then he's got you beat. How can you cast him out and how can you rebuke him if you don't recognize how he operates in your life? So as a salt of the earth... We should be we we, we should be casting out demons. We should be able to to speak, speak with new tongues and and tongues is a gift. And I won't get into all of the debate about whether or not the the, the gifts are for today or or for not. Nowhere in scripture does it say that the gifts do not apply today. That's all I will say about it. And Holy Spirit chooses who he wants to give those gifts to. You can read it and it's, it's, it's all in the New Testament. You can look at the second book of Acts and look at how Holy Spirit was poured out on them and they started to speak in tongues. Okay. That's a whole sermon in in and of itself. But as the salt of the earth, we should be able to speak, uh, speak in tongues. We should be laying hands on the sick. Okay. We should be laying hands on the sick, which means we should also be praying for people. Go to James chapter five. James chapter five. And we're going to go to verse number 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Underline that there in verse 15. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay, so notice there in times of suffering, we should be praying. But praying isn't the only time that we should be or suffering isn't the only time we should be praying. We should be praying because we're happy. We should be praying because God woke us up today. There's a million things that we can be praying for. We should be praying for others. If somebody is sick, why don't we pray for them? We can easily quickly run over to the pharmacy or to Walmart or the doctor's office to go get some sort of medication when we have an ailment. But what about praying? What about binding up that spirit of infirmity? 
What about laying hands on, 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 on family members when they're, when, when they're not feeling well? Okay? My kids will tell you if they're dealing with even just a cold or a little cough, I will lay hands on them and I will pray healing over them. Okay? I will pray healing over them. And as many times I can tell you just from my experience from doing that and I've watched them get healed. Okay? But what makes that possible there is what we see in verse 15. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. So when you're praying, you have to have faith. You have to have faith that the thing that you are praying for will come to pass. And as the salt of the earth, anytime we are praying, we should be praying with faith. We should be encouraging others to pray with faith as well. We should be praying for each other, whether they're sick or they're not. Somebody's name crosses your, your mind one day, pray for them. Pray for them. Well, what happens if I don't know what to pray for them? What, what, what if, you know, I'm, I'm doing the dishes and for some reason somebody's face comes to mind and, and maybe I feel like I should pray, but I, I don't know what to pray for. Well, you can simply just say, Lord, open their eyes to see whatever it is you're trying to show them and open their ears to be able to hear whatever it is you're trying to tell them. It could be that simple. You don't have to know what's going on in everyone's life or the intricate details of what's going on in everyone's life to be able to pray for them. Every single one of us has something that God is trying to show us and something that God is trying to tell us. So a simple prayer asking God to open up somebody's eyes and their ears is simple enough. And it's easy enough to where you can actually pray for them without knowing everything that's without knowing everything that's going on. All right. Praying also keeps us connected to God and keeps us focused on him. There's a million things that you can pray for and pray about. So praying should not be difficult for us whatsoever. Okay. Praying should not be difficult whatsoever. You're starting something new on the job. Pray. You're looking for a house. Pray. You're looking for a new job. Pray. You're looking for a new car. Pray. You're not sure what to wear to work in the morning. Pray. I cannot tell you how many times I've gotten up in the morning, getting my clothes ready to go to work. And not even sure what tie to put on. Lord, what tie should I put on? What color shirt should I put on? What suit should I put on? Going to church, the same thing. Lord, what should I put on? I'm not sure. For whatever reason, I just, I go to my closet and I look at my stuff and I just don't know what to put on. Lord, what should I wear today? Okay? Pray. You're going to do something new? You're going to cut the grass? Pray cutting the grass that the lawnmower will, 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 will work and function properly so that you can get the grass cut. Okay. Everything you can, everything and there's anything and everything you can pray for. Verse, uh, verse, I'm going to read verse 16 again. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns uh, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. A lot of powerful things there. First and foremost. Well, this is talking about Elijah uh, that had a nature, a nature like ours. What this is saying is that Elijah was not anyone special, if you will. OK, uh, uh, he didn't have um, 
he, he succumbed to the same things that every single one of us has to deal with. We all have physical limitations. We all have mental li- limitations. Uh, we all have uh, shortcomings. We all slip and stumble. Everybody does that. But yet and still, he was able to pray and keep it for raining for three years and six months. Okay. Why? Because of how he prayed and that, that he prayed with faith. Prayer and faith can move mountains. It can move mountains. And I hear a lot of people at times sometimes say, I don't want your prayers. I don't want your prayers. I want action. Well, that's all fine and well, but understand something. You want any real change to happen? It starts with prayer because the things that happen in the spirit world. Okay. The things that happen in the spirit world happen before anything in the physical world happens. And God operates in the spirit world and praying is how you can connect to God and how you can talk to him. So if you refuse to pray about something, don't get mad at God when it seems like he didn't show up for you. He didn't show up for you. He wasn't there. Well, if you didn't pray, that's not his fault. That's not his fault. Praying with faith can do can do amazing things. We should be encouraging each other not to stray away from God. To keep the faith and believe in his awesome power. As Christians, we should do what we can as instructed by God to ensure other Christians are living a life acceptable to him. Okay. Too many times I've heard people, uh, and this is a word that I get, I see used, overly used in my opinion, and that is judgmental. I see it all the time. Well, who are you to judge me for what I'm doing wrong? Who are you to judge me for doing this? And personally, I'm sick and tired of hearing people talk about others being judgmental because they called them out on something they should not have done or because they were they criticized them for something that they had done. That's not being judgmental. Judging is the only thing that God can do. And judging means when you are um, uh, when God makes the determination about where you spend spend eternity based off of whether or not you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is judgment. As the salt of the earth and children of God, we are not judging someone if we call out a sin that they're committing under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Now, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, if Holy Spirit tells you to correct somebody, you need to correct them. You need to correct them. I don't care how much they call you judgmental. I don't care if they try to quote scripture back to you and say, well, didn't Jesus say, let he who, who was without sin cast the first stone? I don't care if they want to throw those things out there at you. If Holy Spirit tells you to open your mouth and say something to somebody to correct the sin, do it. Do it. Okay? Because here's the reality of it. Sinners will encourage each other to commit, continue to commit sin. So we as Christians should be encouraging each other to do the things that God wants us to do. And we should be encouraging sinners to turn away from their evil ways and to let them know that God loves you. He doesn't like what you're doing. There's a big difference. God can use you and God wants to use you. God loves you, but he doesn't love what you're doing. So open your heart to him. Accept his son, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. We can't bury our heads in the sand and keep the things of God to ourselves. We need to involve ourselves in the affair of the world as God instructs us, not stand on the sideline and watch the world continue to burn. Okay. We have elections coming up this year. Don't be on the sideline as a Christian because you're looking at the candidates and you're saying, well, I don't like either one of them because here's the reality. I don't care who the candidate is, who it is that's running for office. Every single person has a flaw. Every single person has done something that you won't like. Every single person has done something that God does not approve of. 
That is not an excuse, nor a, or I should say, it's not a ticket for us as children of God to not vote. It's not a ticket for us as children of God to just throw our hands up and say, I give up, I quit, I'm not going to get involved because none of them have meet God's standards. Because here's the reality, you don't meet God's standards either, okay? As children of God, it's difficult for us to meet God's standards, but yet and still God loves us so much and he's given us our, his Holy Spirit to be able to let us know when we do something that didn't meet his standards so that we can repent and then he forgives us. But we can't be sitting here standing on the sidelines saying, I don't like either one of these candidates, so I'm not going to vote for either one of them, or I'm going to write somebody else's name in. I'm not going to get involved. Whoever gets elected as president gets elected as president. Whoever becomes our governor becomes our governor. We can't be doing that as children of God. God would want us to get involved at the, at a, at the very least by voting. God would want us to get involved in that. In, in that. Okay. Go to 2 Timothy chapter four second timothy chapter four and we're going to go to verse number one i charge you therefore before god and the lord jesus christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom preach the word be ready in season and out of season convince rebuke exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Notice something here, all right? Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. I talked about preaching when I was talking about how Jesus said uh, uh, to go out and, and, and share the word with everyone. In other words, turn everyone into disciples, turn people into students, students of the Bible. You see here preaching the word and part of doing that is, is understanding that it's not always gonna be an opportune time for you to talk to somebody about God, all right? It's not always going to be a convenient time to share the word of God with someone. It might not be well received. It may not be welcomed. You might be talking to people that are completely atheist and Holy Spirit wants to want you to share something with them. You have to do it. Being ready in season and in season and out of season means that you are prepared to share the things you know about God with somebody, regardless of what the circumstance might be. You might not be feeling well. You might be in a hostile environment, if you will. You might be in, in, in the workplace somewhere and Holy Spirit is telling you to minister to somebody in the workplace. And, and that workplace is surrounded with all sorts of, of, of evil policies and, and, and things of that nature. That might not be a convenient time for you to share the word of God. But part of being ready out of season is that you share it, even if the situation seems like it, it, it's, it's, it's not a it's not a time for you to uh, it's not a time for you to talk about it. OK. You got to be able to keep your sense of urgency, whether the opportunity is favorable or unfavorable or whether it's convenient or inconvenient or whether it's welcome or unwelcome. You got to be able to keep that urgency to share the word of, to share the word of, of God with others. So as the salt of the earth, we should be encouraging people to behave in a godly manner. Verse number three, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of, a, of an evangel of an evangelist, excuse me, fulfill your ministry. OK, so we see this happening right now. People. 
won't look to the word of God for guidance. They won't turn to God for direction. But they look at another man. They want a man in a leadership position to tell them what they're doing is acceptable. They want a man to interpret the word of God and tell somebody that that lifestyle that you're living, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to recognize that lifestyle now. We're going to recognize homosexual marriage now. That's what people want to that's what people want to hear. And this is where verse four says they turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to fables. Anything that is counter to the word of God is a fable and it's not the truth. It's an individual's belief because they want to justify what they're doing and try to say that it's OK because the Bible says so. Or they try to, to, to put it under the guise of, well, God is love and God loves me and God knows my heart. God knows your heart. Understand something about that, though. And this should be a wake up call for every single one of us. God, when he, God knows your heart and or I should say God knows your heart, which also means he knows whether or not you are truly, truly trying to live up to his standards or if you're trying to make an excuse for your behavior. So you can throw that out there all you want. God knows my heart as I go to the bar and get a drink. God knows I'm trying to quit. God knows that this isn't good as I go to the bar and drink. God knows that that uh, uh, um, that, that, that marriage is between one man and one woman as I then go out and mess around with somebody that's not my spouse. But God knows my heart. God knows I'm trying to stop. Well, God knows if you're doing those things, whether or not you are truly seeking him for a change. Or if you're just going to come up with an excuse. And when people turn their ears away from the truth, it's because they want to hear something that justifies their lifestyle. They don't want to raise the bar of their lifestyle to meet God's. They want to lower God's standards down to meet their lifestyle. And people in some of these leadership positions in some of these churches here, they, they, they will start to, to twist the word of God because they're more worried about how many people are in the seats. How many people are at the congregation? How many people are giving them tithes and giving them offerings? That's what they are worried about. They're not worried about preaching the word of God. They're not worried about telling people the truth that's in the word of God. They want to tell people what they want to hear versus what they need to hear. There's times when I've been on interviews in advisory positions where I'm advising senior management. And one of the things that I've said in the interviews when they ask me, you know, like, why do you want this position? One of the things that I always say is that, I won't always tell you what you want to hear, but I will always tell you what you need to hear. And sometimes the things that you need to hear will be the things that you want to hear. But one thing you will never have to ask is whether or not something I said to you was something that you needed to hear. Because I want them to understand that I'm going to tell you the truth of the situation that's going on. And it might not be something that you like. It might not feel good. But it's something that you need to be aware of. It's something that you need to know. As the salt of the earth, this is how we should also be with the word of God. This is how we should be with people that are around us. Not worrying about whether or not they're going to like us. Not worrying about whether or not they're going to talk to us afterwards. Not worrying about what's going to happen with the relationship. We should be focused on making sure that our light is shining for everybody to be able to see. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Meaning that all those things that you're worried about, those relationships that you might be worried about for being truthful about the word of God, God's going to take care of all of that. He's going to handle all of that. There might be some of those relationships that God is trying to tell you, hey, you need to let this relationship go. 
I don't want you having a relationship with this person right now because every time you get around this person, you change. You change. You don't look like the child of God that I need you to be. You're not doing the things that I need you to do. But see, when you're not around that person, then you're doing what I'm what I need you to do. Now you're being obedient. So maybe I don't want you in that relationship. Okay? Maybe I don't want you in that relationship. Right? We can't be the salt of the earth if we're not exhorting and admonishing people, if we're not guiding people to the truth, if we're not encouraging sinners to turn away from their sin, if we're not encouraging Christians, each other as Christians, to be better Christians than, 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 than what, we, what we've been. Because there's always room for us to improve. There's always room for us to get better. We also need to be doers of the word. Go to James chapter 1. James 1 verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does. Okay, so if we are really considering ourselves doers of the word, then that means that we are actively and consistently striving to adhere to God's standards. It's not a one time thing. It's active and it's consistent. We're striving all the time and we're doing it on a consistent basis. We're doing it all the time. We're doing it every day. There's a lot of consistency in the world among Christians. A lot of people go to church every Sunday. A lot of people read their Bible at least once a week. A lot of people may even pray every single day. But that's not adhering to the standards that God has. God expects us to pray to him. God expects us to have a relationship with him. God expects us to study the word. God expects us to go to church. All right. We saw in previous scriptures, if anyone is sick, pray for them. Call the elders so that they lay hands on him, right? One of the reasons we go to church is to be able to receive prayer from other uh, uh, prayer warriors about our situations, to be able to connect with people and understand that you're not the only one in the world going through whatever it is that you're going through. There's people in the church that have already been there and done that. And they can talk to you about their experience with God as they got through that situation. And that's what they're going to encourage you to do is to have an experience with God. They're going to encourage you to have a relationship with him. They're going to encourage you to handle the situation in a way that's going to be deemed acceptable to God and not the world. Okay. So we don't forsake going. We don't forsake going to church. Okay. We are always striving to consistently meet, meet God's standards. Right. Um, verse number 26 if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart this one's religion is useless pure and undefiled religion before god and the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world as 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 the salt of the earth we cannot allow ourselves to be in a situation where 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 we are acting and behaving like and behaving like the world, where where we are being contaminated by what's happening around us that's not uh, uh, acceptable to God. So this unspotted by the world here, it means exactly that: is to allow ourselves to not be contaminated by the word of God. And we have to watch what we say. We have to watch what we say. 
okay? What we do and what we say, we have to be very careful of those things. We should not be, okay? We should not be acting the way the world acts. Somebody should be able to look at us in church and see us outside of church and see consistency. And they should be able to look at us and say, that person is a child of God in church and they are a child of God in Walmart. They're a child of God walking down the street. They're a child of God when they're driving. They're a child of God when they're shopping. They're a child of God at the sporting event. Okay? They should be able to look at us and not see a difference whether we are in church or out of church. And so when this scripture is talking about somebody looking in the mirror and walking away and forgetting who they were, it means that they start acting out of character. And we all know people like that and, and, and where you look at them and it's like, I can't believe you did this. Or I can't believe this person did this. This isn't like you. Or you heard something that somebody did and like, that doesn't sound like so-and-so. The so-and-so that I know would never do anything like that. Okay? A lot of people get holier than thou when they're in church. But boy, they get out of that church and they're hitting into the parking lot and ooh-wee. Some of the things that come out of their mouths, some of the things that they do, the music that they listen to. Okay? And that's another thing, saints of God, about music. All right? If worship music makes you move like you were in a club, you have to wonder, does that, is that something that's pleasing to God? And I've heard lots of people, I've heard lots of Christians say, well, God knows their heart. Again, going back to that, God knows their heart. Well, God also expects his music that's supposed to be glorifying him should be glorifying him and not causing us as believers to act in a way that makes us look like the world. Okay? You got Christian music coming on and it's starting to make you dance in a way that, that, that looks like you were in a club? There's a problem. There's a problem. Church should not look like the club. Okay? Church should not look like the club. Should not be able to walk into a church and watch people praising and worshiping look like they're dancing in the club. Okay? That should not. And there's many people out there that will say, well, 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 God is OK with that because God knows the heart. Oh, let them worship in a way that they, that they want to worship. No, 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 no. The standard is God's standards. And as the salt of the earth, when we see those things, we should be saying something about it. We should not be behaving as the world as the world. And as I mentioned earlier, you might be the only Bible that somebody picks up, if you will. They may look at your lifestyle and, and gain a lot of information about that. All right. They may never decide to actually go to church or to pray based off of what you do. So how are you representing yourselves to people? How are you representing yourselves when, 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 when you know when you're in a situation or in a place where you know somebody from your um, church environment or from your Christian community isn't around? Do you still act like a holy person? Do you still act like you're sanctified or do you start to act like everybody else? Do you start to just blend in with the with the rest of the world? And so when somebody sees you, they have no idea that you're that you're a Christian. OK, this is part of being the salt of the earth, being mindful of how we look to others so that we can enhance their lives. By our actions and by our words in a way that's going to point them to God in a way that's going to want them to have that relationship with Christ so that we can then do a meeting and say, hey, so and so. I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ and you pray with them and then they end up turning their lives, their, their, their lives around. OK, that's what being the salt of the earth is all about. Well, praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And um, as always, let's end in a prayer. 
Lord God, I want to thank you so much for these words that came forth, Lord God. And I just want to pray for every single listener to this message, Lord, that you would reveal to us anything that would be keeping us from being the salt of the earth, that you would reveal to us anything that would have the Christ light in us not shine for everyone to see, Lord God, and that as you reveal those things to us, that you would strengthen us to be able to get rid of those things, to rid our lives of those things, that you would strengthen us to be able to change our behaviors when they need to be changed, that we would change our speech and we would change our thought process, we would change our actions, Lord God, that we would change whatever it is that needs to be changed so that when people see us, that they would actually see you in us so that they then would want to have a relationship with you and so that we can share our experience with you with them. Because, Lord, we know that it is not your will for anyone to perish, Lord God. Lord God, I pray for everyone and that you would bless them, Lord God, and that you would help them to remember that they can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens them. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, praise God. Uh, once again, I hope this message was a blessing to you. And if it was, you can share this message with others um, through podcasts. We have a uh, um, um an app on the Apple app store and the Google play store is just Genesis one Christian ministries. Uh, it's a free app. We can find, you can find us at Genesis one where all of our content is posted. And if you hit the subscribe button on there, you'll actually be notified anytime something new gets posted. We have a YouTube channel uh, and you can find us on YouTube at just Genesis one Christian ministries and everything we have, uh, we make available for free. Um, so free of charge. We just want to share the word of God with others. And if you are in Salem, Oregon, come by 2651 Commercial Street Southeast. And uh, it's in the Candelaria Terrace. And join us for one of our worship services. Uh, services are Sundays mornings at 1030 a.m. And we would love to have you. We would love to have you come by. We would love to talk with you uh, and, and be able to interact with uh, with like minded believers. So, again, that's 2651 Commercial Street Southeast here in Salem, Oregon. Well, praise God. I pray that you go in his blessings. I pray that you go in his peace and his strength and that you you have a renewed strength after hearing this message and that you remember that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Praise God and be blessed.